It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Now, more AD on the radio. So I'm really excited for you to check out the conversation I was fortunate enough to have with Tommy Vext of Bad Wolves. Doubtless you've heard his version of Zombie coming out of every single stereo around you all summer long. But his story is a remarkable one, and we'll get into it in just a little bit after we check out the latest from his band, Bad Wolves. It's Hear Me Now.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am lucky enough to be joined by the unbelievably talented Tommy Vexed of Bad Wolves here as we get ready for the show with them, Five Finger Death Punch, Breaking Benjamin, and nothing more. Tommy, welcome to the show. Thank you for hanging out. Welcome to San Diego. Oh, thank you for having me. That was quite an intro. I feel like I've got a lot to live up to tonight. Well, <laughs> hold on just a cotton picking minute because because um, I actually, I mean, I've been following you with great interest for many years only because- Benny. Yeah. It's only because I'm old. Well, I mean, just because you're an incredible vocalist that's, oh, you know, you. sort of been around the block a little bit, I, I, I have to, I had to write all this stuff down. So, Divine Heresy, you were in Snot a couple times. Yes. Westfield Massacre, Vexed, you did a stint as a Five Finger Death Punch's vocalist. Yes, sir. And now, Bad Wolves. Yes, sir. And if you're like me and everybody else that I've talked to about this... Everyone's always known you're like this absolutely incredible vocalist, incredible presence, amazing front man. Oh, thanks. And it seems like everyone's just been waiting for the right thing for you to jump off the way it has with Bad Wolves. What's that been like? Uh, I mean, sometimes it feels like it's happening to somebody else. You know, I mean, the whole band is, um, you know, we're all friends, Uh you know, so all the guys in the band are all metalheads. We're all from veteran bands, you know. Uh Kyle's played in... In this moment, and Scar the Martyr with Joey Jordanson, X Slipknot, and, and Vimix as well. Obviously, John is a founding member and you know wrote most of the best of the material of Devil, Devil Driver. John plays every instrument. Mm-hmm. He's like a musical genius. And uh, Doc from God Forbid, you mm-hmm. know, longtime friend of mine. We've been friends since we were kids. You mm-hmm. know, we've been jamming together since we were like 22 years old. Um, and then you know, and Chris played in Barrier Dead and. You know, he's like also a super tech for like much, much bigger like pop stars and and rock stars and stuff. So it's like, it's just this kind of crazy thing where we've all been in the industry so long and kind of doing our own thing and chipping away that uh, we had no idea that this was going to blow up the way that it did. And, you know, it just, it's, we're just taking it one day at a time, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, the thing about you guys that I think probably surprises a lot of people you step on stage with a lifetime of experience and mm-hmm. you know you are veterans and that's going to come across when you when you play live but I, for all the bands that you've talked about it's a different kind of success than the one that you're experiencing right now where like yeah, m- yeah. my mom told me she liked you know your version of zombie the other yeah. day i was like what and my mom like, got a free tattoo because of zombie right yeah <laughs> she went to get her first tattoo my mom's 69 years old and she has a picture i flew my mom to disneyland a couple years ago for thanksgiving and we took a picture in front of the ferris wheel and it's it's her screensaver uh-huh. and she was looking at her phone while she was getting tattooed and the guy was like how do you know the bad wolf singer and she's like that's my son and the artist was like, your money's no good here, ma'am. So she called me and was like, Tommy. I'm like, you know, we're from Brooklyn, and she's got still got a thick accent. She's like, Tommy, you're famous. I'm so pretty. I got a free tattoo. And I'm like, Ma, when did you get a tattoo? <laughs> you know? So it's like, as soon as like, it became weird. free, thanks to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. the stimulation to the professionals everyone is so smart kbrc more stimulating talk radio there's something happening here and you should know what it is <laughs> the dumbing up of america now more ad on the radio Don't you know you love 
We now return to our inspirational chat with Tommy Vex of Bad Wolves. If you had to, you know, given the, the depth of your musical experience, if you had to pick one maybe band or one show that you went to or a record or maybe even a TV appearance or something like that that made you go, this is it. Music is it. I m- must do music with my life. Can you pick out what that would be? Oh, yeah. I mean, it happened early on. I think it was like the first time I, I played CBGBs in 1996 and I was 14 years old in, uh-huh. a hard, in my first hardcore band. And uh, I remember we hadn't even got there yet. And I think we stole my bass player's mom's car <laughs> to drive the gear to the show. And then we had fake IDs because we weren't allowed to play. At CBs? Yeah. 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 And, and, um, and it was like a Tuesday night. And I remember like driving on the Gowanus Expressway and looking at Manhattan and being and just being like, this is it. This is the life. As a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like the struggle. Like, you know, it's for, to, for a lot of artists, you know, like yourself, um, people who are creative, it's, it's for us, it's like you, once you're a pickle, you can never be a cucumber again. It's, it's too late. That's a really good yeah. way of describing it. It's just too late. And so, you know, once I've, exp- you know, as a, even as a child, I, I've tried, you know, I have other business ventures and I own two companies and I do other things. Uh, I have ancillary income and businesses outside of the music industry. Hold on. Wait, um, I'm just writing down that, that word so I can use it later and appear smart. Somebody uh, make a note of the word ancillary, please. Yes, yes. All right, thank yes. you. Uh, uh, as in not primary sources of income, <laughs> yes. which enable me to make me and create music the way that I want to without being told what it should sound like. Um, but yeah, so it's it, I I had t- I had taken breaks from music and it's just like it's almost like have, losing your arm. Uh-huh. You're like still living yeah. and doing life and stuff. And and I was my life was great and I was like doing all this stuff and I got involved in helping a lot of people and that became my business and. But there was just, I felt like I was missing my arm. Right. And then I picked up a microphone again, and then I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. That's it's, it's a weird thing because it, there's teeny little bit that I've done of this sort of thing. There's absolutely no substitute for it. It's one of those things where you could be creative, and maybe you could paint a picture, or maybe you could write a book, or maybe you could do, but there is literally no substitute for the feeling that you get from mm. playing to a crowd that goes off, whether it's 50 people or 500 people or 500 or however like it, yeah, yeah. it, it there's, it's literally a feeling that is impossible to replicate Lemmy from Motorhead talked about that he's like that that's it when you break through to people it's literally everything yeah, so yeah. it's good take note kids you want a form of ancillary income if you want to be a musician and be able to carry it on in the fashion that you would like to do yes. the way Tommy does make sure that you find a way to make over $100,000 a year and then spend half of that on your band uh-huh. and you're not going to get <laughs> you're not going to get it back and then do that for uh, 20 years uh-huh. and then maybe it'll happen yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you paint such a rosy picture well, it just takes what it takes you know what I mean the industry's changed and, uh, and uh, a lot of people complain about it you know they're like oh you know people don't buy records and this and that and that hasn't been my experience on every level Uh you know what i mean and i think also too people who get into being in music who they want to be a rock star and hook up with hot chicks and have all this money it's now because it's so real and so it's more working class for the artists are working class yeah uh you have to love it and so the playing field gets cleared and only the people who are lifers survive and stay in this thing yeah and so for all the other lifers all the guys that are out there that are like trying in and it's not working and trying and trying do not quit before the miracle happens and this is why 
the art that these guys are creating, they're tinkering around in their basements and in their apartments and stuff. They are creating the music of the future and they don't even realize it now. Mm. And it's a, it's discouraging because the industry is having a hard time recognizing uh, what the next thing is going to be, mostly because everyone's afraid of losing their job. And in our circumstance, we were recognized by a rock star. Zoltan Bathory found this band. Mm -hmm. We've all been friends with Zoe for a long time. And he said, this band needs to be heard. And he took it to 11.7. And Alan, our, our label owner, heard what he was talking about. And then and they were like, this doesn't sound like anything. There's, there's a space for this. We need to put this out. Mm. You know, it may be, you know, and... With the exception of songs like "Hear Me Now" and "Zombie," our record is a, a metal record. It's brutal, mm. you know. It, it's it pulls from all the traditions of like the classic Slipknot and Fear Factory, Slayer and Pantera records, and old Metallica, including Meshuggah and the new school bands like Periphery. And you know, there's this weird amalgamation of of, uh, of different influences over the course because we're we love metal, mm -hmm. so it's like from from the beginning to now, and we listen to all these different bands and they influence us. And uh, you know, it's a it's a you know, I, it, it it was picked up. It was another artist, and so we always encourage other artists to like come to us, come to signing booths, bring your demos and your sh to our show, mm -hmm. and uh, give it to us. Yeah, we we'll, we listen to it. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's funny. Like I think, I think it might have been Jim Brewer who said like he was like this is how comedy and show business in general works you work mm -hmm. really 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 hard for ten to fifteen years, and then a friend gives you a job. And like yeah. you know, it's just like you're creating, you're you're putting in the work, and eventually someone will wind up giving you that break. And it's amazing to think about how many, even Dave guys like Dave Grohl. Like I, mm -hmm. I think he said he wrote "Learn to Fly," and he was like, "Yeah, it's all right. Maybe a B side, certainly not going on the record." And a lot of times, artists creating their own music are too close to it to recognize what they're sitting on. And his Correct. record label went, "You're either crazy or deaf or both. This is huge, and it's going to take your." Foo Fighters thing to the next level, and they were they were absolutely right. So, well, I guess for uh, for example, Zombie almost was not on our record. How uh, how close did it come to not being on the record? Really close twice. At first, I didn't want to put it on the record because I'm a huge Cranberries fan, and I didn't think it was good enough. So the reason why we sent it to Dolores was for her approval. Yeah, no, I was going to say because you got she her approval on it. So, well, then she yeah. wanted to sing on it, and then obviously she was scheduled to sing on it, and, and passed away the night before she was scheduled to record. Yeah. So then again, that happened, and we were like, "Well, we definitely can't put it out now." Yeah. And and we got with the label, and um, uh, our our label owner used to manage the Cranberries yeah. through most of their career, and and that's how we came to the solution of. We should honor her, and we should put the song out, mm -hmm. but her children should get the money. Mm. And then we were like, "That's the those are the conditions by which we put it out. Yep. And then the whole entire, I mean, the world metal rock community got behind it. Yeah. It, it, and it's been this crazy thing to be a part of. And, you know, we were, um, you know, be, because everyone bought the song, uh -huh. You know, we were able to give a check for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to our kids in New York City, and they flew in to meet us and come to the show. That's a beautiful. And we presented thing. them with a check, and you know, our goal is by the end of the year to give them a million dollars. Like, so we're out here championing the song, and we're, you know, we're it's this is not you know, this is a thing that's larger for the basically for rock music. It's a bigger picture, yeah. Because the other genres of music and Billboard, and I'm, you know, we're getting attention from Rolling Stone and Billboard, and doing these interviews, and they're like, "How does it feel, you know, to be the, you know, the, everyone says rock is dead, and here you guys are doing this," and I'm like, "It's not, it's no. not dead, it's absolutely not." 
look at this festival you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's not a festival this is four bands playing in the yep. amphitheater tour and half the shows are all sold out yeah so tell me how rock is dead i don't really obviously no i'm having a hard time seeing it as well yeah <laughs> we might not get invited to walk on the red carpets because we're too gnarly but you know that's the thing the the the, the higher ups and the the pretty people they don't want to see uh real artists because if they let real people in it's going to show how fake everything else is you have an interesting point with that and i think that's Very true. true super quick i wanted to touch on something before we wrap up is i just find interesting about you you're sort of sort of you're sort of a sobriety coach to people you've been through some yeah, yeah. You've been through some stuff and you help people in their own recovery and i just i wanted to mention that because having you know from the outside looking in seeing uh, i'm straight edge but i've seen a lot of people struggle with it and sort of have come to me and been like how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just do it my whole life. I think you need yeah, to be talking yeah. to someone else. And really, they need to be talking to someone like you. What's, um, how, how, did that, how did that wind up happening? Well, I mean, essentially, uh, when I, I moved from New York to L.A., uh, and I just, you know, I grew up in a, in a working class community, and I grew up drinking. I had a job when I was 12. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, I, I, you know, I, drunk, I drank when I was 13, and we were kids. That's what we did. Yeah. You know, and so... I think that when I moved to LA, I got involved in the party scene and, and um, you know, it just wound up taking me. And, and some people, you know, I hear from all different people because I work in this field and I kind of live in this field and sobriety is a big part of my life. It's, it's like kind of the primary force by which I can do all the other things that I do is make sure that I'm sober first and then I can't handle anything make else. Make sure you're sober first then the ancillary income looks after itself. Yeah, well, it's not <laughs> about money. It's about, no, you know, I'm, it's I'm about the stuff you can't buy. It's yeah. like having a, a spiritual sense of peace in your heart, which I never really had until I grasped the, the, the principles of sobriety and a different principle of living. And, you know, for everybody... Uh, you know, I come across a lot of people. Some people do 12-step programs. Some people are not into that. And, um, you know, but it's it's uh, it's really about having that shift. I have friends like you who maybe they had a parent or a relative who did drugs and drank. And so as a young person, they were like, I will never do this. And they stuck to it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then there are people like me who I got wrapped up in it and it cost me everything. And then I had to make a change. I had to make a decision. And it was hard to do on my own. And so I got involved in a community of people. And I still am in touch with a lot of people in the music industry who uh, we just have each other's back. We mm. check in. We're like, hey, how do you feel? How are you doing? And, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's good to have a support system and a network. And I think that that's uh, for anybody who thinks that it's a weak thing to, to get sober. It's not. It's the strongest thing a man can do is, or a person can do is say, hey, I don't know and I need help, mm. you know, because that's how things change. I think that's so important what you just said, and not, not just for matters of sobriety, but all sort of issues of, there's absolutely no shame in asking for help, whether yeah, it absolutely. be sort of a mental health situation, whether it be a sobriety situation, yeah. and I think what you said, there's true strength in being able to ask for help. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing to say, and uh, um anyone anyone who's, who's listening that does need help know this tommy says that's cool and it'll show that you're a strong person and if you want to see this guy inspire you even further make sure you get here to the show in time to see their show this evening that's right we're going at six o'clock going at six o'clock so right. pedal to the floor my friends make it here quickly but safely so that you can see the guys in bad wolves do their thing tommy vex i could talk to you forever and ever this has forever been great i hope you'll come back thanks man i'm th grateful to be here thank you guys for having us and thank you for your support and uh we're gonna have a good time tonight it's gonna be a party awesome
It is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.